0: This is Leva Bates. You might also know me as Blue Pants. You might also know me as Queen of Cosplay. You might also know me as girl who just kicked your butt. And this is a whole reffin' show.
1: And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The Whole Reffin' Show. Hello, hello, hello,
0: dear listeners. Welcome to episode 99 of the whole Reffin Show. The only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. I am Darren Beasley.
1: I am Perry Smith.
0: And wait a minute, I can see you, but not through not through a, a telephoto lens. Not through the the uh, information superhighway, or not through my window, <laughs> and not no Melissa Etheridge, Melissa Etheridge style. Uh, no, like, but right here in the where it all began.
1: That's right. It came back to the whole Ref and Show headquarters, uh, here here in the in the deep south uh, South Georgia for the 99th episode, Barbara Feldon's favorite episode, Darren. Who's
0: Barbara Feldon? She
1: played 99 in Get Smart. I thought you'd get that reference, and I am on an island alone.
0: You are on an island (laughs) alone.
1: Uh, All all the Get Smart fans out there, you know who you are. Hashtag dear listeners. You got that joke, right? Uh,
0: Hashtag your Uncle Bill. (laughs)
1: My Uncle Bill, yes, this was that goes out to that went out to a party of one. That's you, Uncle Bill. So.
0: But that's good. I mean, I'm glad that the, we uh, we're, we've been on a little stretch here where we always reference, make some weird connection to what episode it is. Right. Um, and next episode, it, it, it needs no comparison. It needs no uh, reference or nod. The next episode is is a biggie. Not a biggie, smalls. No, no, no. It's a one double ot, if you will. Wow. Yeah. Next week it is. Well, dear listeners, I know you've got to be just tickled pink. I know you're, you're probably tickling yourselves until you are until <laughs> yeah, you I, are I never, pink. I,
1: never, uh, I guess that yeah. When you actually break down that statement, that's actually horrible because you're you're tickling yourself until like you're wrong.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it it definitely means you have. Uh, molested the skin <laughs> uh, uh, in to, in an overboard fashion. That's horrible. It is, but uh, nevertheless, that's what we hope for all of you, dear listeners. Yeah, we
1: hope that for you.
0: We hope that you are tickled pink to hear the two of us uh, back in the same room here at the Whole Refin Show headquarters, here at the Whole Refin Show uh, main main studio. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's it's really great to have you back here, Perry. We're sitting across from one another. We're sharing a microphone. We're not just sharing a, a theoretical space, a hypothetical venue. No, we are here. This is, this, these are events that are happening in real time.
1: I'm glad to be back, and it's going to be an organic experience, and you won't sound like you're a guest on my show. Right. Right. Uh, we'll figure all those bugs out soon, folks. Episode 100 is coming up. 99 though let's get into
0: that Darren yeah, what are we talk about today Yeah 99 we got other uh, wedding bells ringing oh. I think I can hear them now Oh uh, we're going to the chapel and <laughs> we're going to get married not we mm. but but uh, some people you may have heard of you may have heard of Oh oh, oh. Also um, we're not talking about uh, the headquarters of the US military but we are going to talk about one in particular Mexican luchador who seems to be uh, right in the, embroiled right in the middle of the rumor mill. I mean, he's just being churned up in that mill. So what is the fate of Pentagon? Uh, We're going to talk about it. We also have to go head to head. Head to head. One of those good old-fashioned WWE network specials. The one in question is Hell in a Cell. 2018 coming this Sunday from San Antonio, Texas. We're going to talk about it. We're going to make our picks. We're going to see who can pick it better. (laughs) It's likely we're going to pick it exactly the same uh, because that's what happens more often than not. Right. Uh, Nevertheless, it's always fun to go head-to-head. Head-to-head. But that's not it, folks. We have a little bit more in store for you. That's right. I know you've been waiting. You've been waiting, I'm going to go ahead and venture, you've been waiting impatiently all week to hear the results of Fest Wrestling's second anniversary bash. It was the show that was, from Hogtown, what an excellent, excellent indie wrestling show. I'm going to gush all about it in just a little while, so I'll save you at this moment, because right now... I think we need to go ahead and get to those headlines. Woo! The nature boy walking down that aisle, the wedding aisle, that is, as he is a husband for the fifth time. Fifth time's a charm. (laughs)
1: Everyone's always said that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, The fifth time is the charm, perhaps... For the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, he got married just this week to Fifi. Can you believe it? Oh, Fifi. After all these years, it was Fifi that was that was just standing there waiting on the Nature Boy. After all this time, of course, we're talking about the Nature Boy's new bride, Wendy Barlow. She went by the name Fifi in World Championship Wrestling. What 20- twenty? Seven years ago, twenty-eight years ago, uh, when she played the maid uh, in WCW for Ric Flair, and uh, who knew? Who knew that almost three decades later they would be betrothed?
1: I think Fifi knew if she stuck it out long enough, uh, she'd wear old Rick down. And um, I mean, uh, they've known each other for so long; odds are they kind of were, you know, unofficial. You know, throughout all this, but uh, they were together for a while because we, you and I saw them together at uh, what Wrestle uh, WrestleCon. Tournament?
0: Yeah, we saw them at WrestleCon. Yeah.
1: I guess two years ago now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they've been together for a while. Also, like, I mean, she was the one giving people updates when Claire was in the hospital. So, she I mean, she
0: loves the nature boy. That honestly, is for she sure. Wasn't
1: just hanging out with him. So yeah, they're together.
0: Yeah, and uh, not only does she love him, it's it's evident that he loves her because he was actually willing to relocate to Atlanta, Georgia for her after at least three decades, if not more, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So that's a big deal. Um, I guess he would do anything for love, but he wouldn't do that. Right. And uh, Ooh, that's that, another meatloaf reference. Or he knew
1: about the hurricane coming and said, "Well, <laughs> I better move." Yes,
0: Woo-hoo. about th- about two, three, four years ago, <laughs> he knew about Hurricane Florence and he saw and he thought, "I better get out now while the getting is good."
1: Yeah, no, he's he's a smart man.
0: The I don't know what's the best part. Okay, well, actually, what let me ask, what is the best photo? <laughs> what is the best photograph to come out of uh, this wedding so far? Is it the one where they are literally sticking their tongues down each other's throats? <laughs> um, Let and that, the play a play. I have to say that uh, dear listener Mike Farinelli was the first one to post that picture and uh, gave me quite a chuckle. I actually I was tickled pink. If you if you want to know the truth of it,
1: he's applying ointment right now, folks, on his on his pink. Spots. It,
0: it's calamine lotion. Uh... Do you know? Have you ever used calamine lotion?
1: Maybe once? It,
0: it stinks. Yeah, and crazy. not like, not in the, the Critic, not in a Jay Sherman kind of way. But <laughs> it literally smells awful. It's like putting. You know what it is? It I, When I had to put calamine lotion on my chicken pox when I was about seven, eight years
1: old. You did it yourself? Your parents
0: didn't Well, help you? okay, my parents helped me. Oh. I literally. I you're like, you're dead. Well, I'm going to go, put this on, boy. just <laughs> left you, in the dark. Well, you know, that wouldn't be the first time he'd done something like that. Oh, no. But I will no. say, like, I had, like, because I, of course, scratched the hell out of my chicken pox. So I had open sores, like bloody chicken pox. Jesus then I'm covered in this, like, v- <laughs> like, like mauve colored, like, goop
1: yeah, that yeah.
0: is calamine lotion. And, like, I always thought that I looked like one of Freddy Krueger's victims. Right. Like it looks like you know you bloody sores plus calamine motion. It kinda looks like rubber latex, like right, right. I'm in a Hollywood creature shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I thought when I was eight. Right. Well, whatever helped you
1: deal with that horrible illness, Darren.
0: Oh, it was a horrible illness. I had chickenpox inside
1: my mouth. Okay, you need to stop being very uh, descriptive. About I had this. the worst chicken pox ever. I, I will say. Well, first of all, that's horrible. Uh, secondly, when I hear uh, "Calamine," I always think of uh, the band Calamine, which did the which did the song for "C Lab 2021 from Adult Swim. So that that's that's all.
0: Oh, that's enough. I mean, I'm, I, I unfortunately have the awful connection to the word calamine. But doing the C-Lab 2021 theme song is uh, it's pretty excellent. Oh, yes. It's a pretty excellent connection. What a great little, what, like 28 second long song? Effective. Effective I mean, that yeah. it was really great. But no, the, the picture that Mike Franelli put up, and then I've seen it elsewhere now on uh, the whole and Show Instagram. Oh,
1: hey. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty cool place to be, folks. It you, really is.
0: There's pretty pictures. If you haven't so. visited. <laughs> and Ric Flair and Fifi, like, oh my God, the tongues. It's like they're like a couple of Gene Simmonses. They're the longest tongues I've ever seen, and they're elderly people.
1: Well, doesn't it? I mean, Flair has a long tongue because he constantly bites it whenever he's, like, very, very passionately promoing. That's why his mouth is constantly bloody.
0: Yeah, well, I've never seen it do that. I mean, I've heard him threaten to kiss on those moist, wet lips, but I've never seen it, and it was unsightly. But uh, I tell you, I don't know if that's my favorite picture or there's a picture... Of Ric Flair seated while the lovely Fifi in her wedding gown is standing locked arms with a most obnoxious looking Michael P. S. Hayes. Um, So so Michael P. S. Hayes. True, truly. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yes, yes. A a regular looking Michael P. S. Hayes on A regular looking. (laughs) Michael Michael P. S. S. Hayes on a Thursday. Right, right. Uh, The Undertaker I don't even know what he looks like. He looks like he might be on the set of a Prince music video. Or maybe like uh, maybe he's taking a vacation to the Caribbean. Right. I don't know. And, you know, then the Rock's mother. <laughs> the Rock isn't in the picture. I don't even know if the Rock's there. I don't
1: understand that at all.
0: <laughs> but his mother is. Oh, my God.
1: Well, speak, speaking of uh, interesting pictures of Ric Flair... Recently, we posted on, on our Instagram the picture of our hashtag, dear listener, Ryan Pate, with his official The Whole Ref uh, and Show t shirt. And with Ric Flair, Ric Flair's pointing at it. So you all know that Ric Flair thinks that we're number one. He does.
0: He thinks we are number one. And
1: for $60, you too <laughs> can meet Ric Flair at a convention. And have him point at your shirt. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, Thank
0: you, Ryan Pate. So
1: that, that was a shout out to Ryan Pate who made that happen. And,
0: and how did Ryan Pate get that shirt?
1: He won the, the first... Uh, Royal Rumble contest, which is coming up again, folks.
0: Oh my God! It will be here before you uh, know it.
1: It costs money to buy shirts, but anyway, we're looking forward to it. Though. Totally
0: worth it. Oh no! It's all because great. our second annual Royal Rumble contest winner, oh Tom Breen. God. Tom Breen, we got a lot of mileage out of old Tom Breen as I far mean, as that T-shirt. That T-shirt has been with Tetsuya Naito, with Pentagon, with Colt
1: Cabana. Where I mean, Shotzi Blackheart. Wow. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you want your shirt to be seen by the hottest the indies have to offer, uh, you definitely want to get Tom Breen. You want to hook Tom Breen up with a t-shirt, man.
0: There you go. And actually, if you don't have $60 to get a picture with Ric Flair, for only $25, you can order a The Whole and Show t-shirt. Just send us an email. The shirt will be yours. Now, we hope to have lots of these on hand and sell them all the time. But right now they are on a on-demand basis. If you want one, please give us an email at show at gmail.com. We'd love to see you in a royal blue t-shirt with our cartoony faces on it.
1: Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Well, speaking of Pentagon, Darren, there's a whole lot of griffluffle uh, with old Pentagon these days. We just saw Pentagon at All In where he had a really great match with Kenny Omega. The cleaner... And and I kind of had this thought too. And whenever All In ended, like, or even during All In, it was just like, man, I bet, I bet Triple H and WWE made about ten phone calls that night to get half of these people on, you know, NXT WWE. Sure enough, there's a lot of word right now that Pentagon is all but at the performance center right now.
0: Yeah, I don't understand this. It, the word just is. It's like it's it's like it's breaking news right now. Right. Uh, but it's everywhere. It's, it's not just that it's... No, no, here only,
1: folks. You're hearing this right now.
0: <laughs> well, you are hearing it from us, and our dear listeners, we we appreciate you for getting your news here, because you know you can trust us. For the very best, the most honest... And the most well-researched wrestle news and wrestle views, because this is the only wrestling podcast that
1: calls it right down the middle. The a ninety-ninth episode that has told you that you can trust us with your hashtag wrestle news and wrestle views. Trust us with care of your children; we'll babysit for you.
0: I won't do it quite as well as Perry, but that's just because children ain't my bag.
1: Oh wow, wow!
0: I think they're great little.
1: People, you have many children out there, Darren. You know
0: that you're... I do. Uh, <laughs> I definitely uh, guilty as charged. To,
1: you were supposed to deny that.
0: Well, I can't because That's this okay. is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the oh, middle. There's guy. no bullshittery. There's no lying. There's right. no. There's no front. You can't front on that. No. And I am ECW guilty as charged. I have many illegitimate children out there in the world. So to all you. Uh, Sally's and Johnny's out there. Uh, Hello from Daddy. Uh, The Daddy you may never meet. Um,
1: (laughs) All all these one to seven year olds with curly mustaches. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Male and female.
0: What would be creepier, a one year old with a mustache or a seven year old?
1: One year old, right? Would it? Yeah. I don't know. That's too young.
0: They're all (laughs) so it's a seven year old. That's
1: that's seven times too young, Darren.
0: That's true. Children do age exponentially, do they not?
1: They do. So
0: okay, but the deal with Pentagon.
1: Oh yeah, Pentagon. <laughs> here
0: on the whole reference show, where news about Pentagon Junior is breaking—breaking breaking news. Is he headed to WWE? Is he headed to NXT? What's the deal? Like you opened up with here with the when you when you're mentioning the story at the beginning. I you know Triple H wants him. If he didn't want him before, all then. Which you probably did, as one half of the MLW tag team champions, former Impact World Champion, former Lucha Underground standout, Pentagon Jr. is on fire right now. Absolutely.
1: Well, first, put up. Out... <laughs> well, first of all, put Pentagon Jr. out because he's on fire. Uh, secondly, hire him to a nice. Nice, tasty contract at NXT. I hope he
0: has a nice, tasty contract.
1: I, I would love to see Pentagon fight a lot of people over to NXT. they would be logging opponents for him at, at WWE, uh, just depending on what kind of match to let him have. You know how I feel. Or
0: maybe they'll just put him on 205 Live and stick him with Lucha House Party and his career will plummet.
1: I don't think he's... I think he's over 205. He, I a, think you're right about that. He, he's actually. a pretty stout guy, so I don't think they can put him on 205. Even though, even they could, it's, it's all fake bullshit. Why, why, That's why, true. Why are they kayfaying actual weights for 205? Yeah, because months?
0: right, cause Buddy Murphy, the the his his pectorals alone weigh 205 pounds. <laughs> I mean, that guy has so much muscle mass. He cannot weigh an ounce under 205. Right. Buddy Murphy is an easy 220, right?
1: Uh, yeah, at least. He's definitely a 205.
0: I mean, uh, okay, so you're right. <laughs>
1: it doesn't matter. Well, wait, they can well, put well, Pentagon well, wherever they want well, well, he has the best-kept secret, but I think that secret is that he weighs more than 205 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> so I guess we know what that secret is.
0: Very true. Well, that's all we really have to say about Pentagon until more concrete facts come in. But it is interesting to think that uh, this news story kind of came out of nowhere. No matter how much we thought he would uh, have some great matches in WWE, no matter how hot of a commodity we may have suspected he was, there just simply wasn't any talk about it until now. This has sprung up overnight. So we're going to see if it uh, turns into some sort of WWE contract or if it just... uh, Peters out and he goes back on his uh, merry way on the Indies, which I actually kind of wish he would just go on his merry way in the Indies.
1: He, uh, I mean, he's been at it for a while. He's he's he he's kind of I don't want to say his ships uh, starting to run aground, but he's kind of done all all he can do, you know, on on the Indies, He would becoming an back world champion, all that stuff, and uh the all in thing and tag team champion all over the place and all that stuff. So maybe he needs to move on to the next thing. And 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 I hate to say it because it, it's true WWE is the top of the mountain. I think everyone everyone needs to go there for whatever amount of time, but they need to just get there. I agree. I agree. And not I mean, you know, sh- Someone like Shinsuke Nakamura, he he can say he was there, and he's had a modicum of success, but I, I want him to go back to New Japan now. Oh, man. Could right not. now, <laughs> please. Uh, but I, I do think, it, I think it's important for everyone to at least get to WWE and just say, yeah, I did that. I, I got to that point. But now go back to the indies and have better matches. But yeah, that's just the way it is. That's just my thinking.
0: Sure, no, I agree about uh, about almost uh, every bit of that. There are a few exceptions at this point. Uh, as much as I would like to see AJ Styles have one more absolutely insane match in the Tokyo Dome, or maybe at against Cody Rhodes or something at All-In 2, people like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe are getting to that age where they kind of need WWE money, exposure... And dare I say a last hurrah? Right. Um, those guys certainly are not old enough to retire, but yeah, do they still need to be going out and having like uh, Meltzer burners uh, once a <laughs> month uh, in Chicago or Tokyo or Blackpool, England, against you know some like against Zack Sabre Junior. in front of five hundred people? No. Those days have probably passed. They probably have even for like your Zanes and your Owenses, believe it or not. Um, but it's hard for me to swallow. It's hard for me to accept that because we came up in an era where they wrestled until they fell out.
1: Right, but these these are also some like very exceptional cases though. Like these these are all these are all guys that can still wrestle a WWE match well, um, and also be entertaining on a microphone as well. So. Uh, and for some people, though, it's just it's just a bit different. But yeah, you you won't see AJ like on the Indies ever again. No, that's just the way it is. So
0: and re and really for the sake of him, his health, his career, his family, and his bank account, he should no, no as no, much as playing. we might want it, he shouldn't.
1: Right. So we'll find out more about Pentagon when we learn more. Of course, we'll keep you informed. But if we were right and this does happen, you heard it here, folks. What a scoop, Darren.
0: That's right, you heard it here first on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Reffin' show. And that's going to take us to one of our very favorite segments, one of your very favorite segments. It's when Perry and I possibly, potentially get a little testy. We stop being turkey-type buddies for life, and we potentially... Well, become a little disagreeable. And that's of course because we've got to go head to head to in making our picks the winners and the losers for WWE's Hell in a Cell 2018 Raw and Smackdown are going to bring you Hell in a Cell 2018 this Sunday September 16, 2018 from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. And it's going to be quite a show. And I like some of these matchups a lot. And I think we say that a lot. We like WWE matchups on paper. We love our head-to-head, head-to-head segments. We don't necessarily like how they turn out. That's, that's too bad. I, uh, I wish it weren't that way. I wish WWE put out a product that was more enjoyable, but these days, it is lacking. It's just lacking.
1: A little stale. A little stale. I will say that for sure. But like you said, it kind of reminds me of um, like picking up an old VHS tape. You look at the back to see like what's on the card for uh, whatever pay-per-view videotape you have. Um, But it's like, oh man, these matches look amazing! And you actually watch it, and it's like, ah, they were not great. Um, so I mean that, that's there's a lot of that uh, nowadays WWE and sadly again we've seen all these matches a billion times and that's kind of getting old so that's definitely a part
0: of it and there's also the fact that some of the stars who could be tearing down the house I don't know if they're being told to wrestle a safe style I don't know if they've chosen to uh, to to take it easy because they know they can get away with it because of the company they're in and the time period, the atmosphere that they're in, uh, that would be very disappointing to learn that that were the case. Um, because, you know, we love to blame Vince McMahon for everything that goes wrong in WWE. I'd hate to find out that actually some of the wrestlers themselves were at fault. Uh, but sometimes it seems like that might be kind of the case. Why The wrestlers have to think, why would I try and, and you know, steal the show? Why would I... Try and rip shit up, or stand out, or really put my my neck on the line, literally and figuratively.
1: If I were AJ Styles, I would not come off the top rope anymore. I mean, he he's been champion for three hundred days, and they have not put him in the main event of any like pay per view slash network exclusives. He, he's 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 like a secondary champion to the Universal Championship, and it's kind of like, well then. Fine. I'm just going to do sleeper holds. You know, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a, a,
0: a sign of his his the the ultimate professionalism that he displays, Boo! right? Well, let's go ahead and get into this. Yeah, part. yeah, yeah,
1: and and that's why I treated like shit because he doesn't complain, so they will just steamroll right over him.
0: Well, yeah, and then you complain
1: and you get shit canned. If AJ's cousin was the Rock, I think he could probably. Strings.
0: Well, even even
1: The Rock's cousin Where was she been? Yeah.
0: She, she's sort of M.I.A. And I don't mean the rapper No, no,
1: she's N.I.A. <laughs> she's N.I.A.
0: Oh, and oh Darren, oh. how
1: did you not get that joke Immediately?
0: <laughs> Boy, I don't know I'm dyslexic maybe I spelled a three letter word <laughs> I can't. And you didn't know what I was talking I about. I didn't. I didn't have any idea what you were uh, talking about. Let's go ahead and get into this card, which does really
1: actually sound
0: pretty good on paper.
1: I've um, been fooled before. But as soon as I fool say the Fool me first, one, shame on me. Fool me twice. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't think I'm going to fool you. I think as soon as I tell you the first match, you're going to say, I thought you said this match was good on paper. Uh-oh. It's a SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship match. Oh, God. The champions, the New Day, are taking on Rusev and Aiden English. Now, Rusev and Aiden English actually came out on the top of a series of matches to determine the number one contenders. Rusev and Aiden English outlasted the bar. They outlasted Gallows and Anderson. Uh, excuse me, a baking powder? What planet is this?
1: Uh, I, I guess they feel they I mean, they need to... Since Rusev Day t-shirts are selling so well, they, they need to elevate Rusev, I guess, and put him in some sort of position where it looks like he's doing well. I don't know. I, I don't think they'll win this match. No, I, I do think if the idea was for them to be champions, they would have just beaten. I guess they would have just beaten the Bludgeon Brothers originally, right? Does it make sense? Who, to you? Rusev and uh, and uh, Aiden English? Oh well, sure. Yeah,
0: I don't understand Rusev and Aiden English like being formalized as a tag team. That's the weirdest part. Right, I understand them being together and Aiden English being like his hype man or whatever, but like this many like, straight-up, sanctioned, legitimate matches. It's like, no, don't actually be a tag team.
1: No, yeah, I don't like that at all. Aiden English is one degree away from being, like, an early 90s, late 80s WWF manager. Right! And he, so he, why needs, is he... he needs to just be that. Right! I, I'm with you, and I, I, agree I like with him. That. And I no, think no. he'd be good in that role. Hell, I, I want to bring back a time when everyone, everyone had a manager, where Bobby Heenan... Bobby Heenan managed half of the WWF roster, and Jimmy Hart like managed the other half. Like I want everyone to have managers. Everyone to have like two managers. I want, <laughs> I want you want everybody to have two. That's managers? what it was, man. If you go back and watch like a like a early nineties not how it was early nineties Rumble. There's like valets and managers and bodyguards. Like the outside is crowded. With people like S- S- sensational cherries out there, Virgil's out there, Jimmy Hart's out there, Bobby Heenan's out there. It's just like, oh my, Miss Liz is out there. It's like Jesus Christ. Everyone had someone extra, and uh, that's the cool thing about Rusev is he has Lana or had Lana, not really anymore. I mean, they they talk backstage. That's kind of it, but like it's not what it was. It wasn't the the dynamic has changed between them for whatever reason. So Aiden English kind of became, you know, Rusev's second. But, um, no, I Aiden, don't like... Them. Aiden English is no Lotta. Right, exactly. <laughs> he's not He's not ravishing. But, uh, but no, I, I don't like them together because I don't like Aiden English as a wrestler. I like him more as a mouthpiece for Rusev. And that's fine. That's working. Don't put Rusev into a tag team situation. Not
0: for the championship! Glorify,
1: glorify your actual tag teams, please, for right. once. Have the new day done. <laughs> All right. First of all, don't have
0: the belts on the New Day. That's, no, that's what I'm... That that was a bad call. Put them on a better tag team, but if you insist on the New Day having them, then put them against legitimate tag team threats like the bar because they have doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on those two guys, those fellas, if you will, being a tag team. There ain't no going back uh, on the bar, not, not for a long time, I'm afraid. Or, God forbid, you give them to Gallows and Anderson, who once upon a time, a couple of years ago, were the hottest tag team in professional wrestling. And they have been diminished
1: to almost nothingness. Right. And that's a shame. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that, that's classic WWE. But also, we talked about Sanity should have become champions, just to kind of give them a little boost in the beginning. There's plenty of people to put them on, and it's on the New Day. It doesn't mean anything, because they've already had so much tag team glory. That's um, eh, just the way it is. But I don't think the New Day is going to drop the belts to Rusev and, and uh, Aiden English. I don't
0: either. I would, that If that happens, color me very, very surprised. So we're both picking the New Day, huh? Correct. Well, next up, the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. Now, of course... As we've said many times, we don't know that this is the confirmed order of the matches. Uh, And actually, none of these have been advertised as pre-show matches. So either there are pre-show matches... They're all pre-show
1: matches.
0: (laughs) There are are either pre-show matches yet to be announced, or some of these, one or maybe even two of these matches that we're going to talk about will end up on the pre-show. We're simply going by what we know has been booked, and that's all we know. So that SmackDown Live Women's Championship is on the line. The champion is Charlotte Flair. The challenger is her good friend and fellow tea drinker, Becky Lynch.
1: Oh, the last kicker! The last kicker, who I saw at LAX on my way out to Georgia, uh, was very, very interesting. Uh, no, I did not talk to her, folks. I didn't stop her and say, "Have you heard about my podcast, Miss Becky Lynch?" <laughs> You didn't do that? I didn't do that. Well,
0: I'm very disappointed.
1: They, I would have uh, done it. I'd have
0: done it for the whole reference show. She's
1: got that MMA boyfriend guy with a knot top. But
0: he's so tiny. You could squash him like a bug. He,
1: if he had a gun.
0: If he had a, he doesn't have a gun, he's in an
1: airport. Uh, if he had Bart gun with
0: him. <laughs> that's true. Actually, that's more true. If go. he had Bart gun, anybody's ass would be kicked... Except Butterbean. Except
1: Butterbean. Butterbean literally Butterbeaned him into submission. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what
1: you're saying is,
0: as long as you had Butterbean on your side, you'd have been fine. Right. Even in a fight against Becky Lynch and her not-top MMA boyfriend
1: and Bart <laughs> Gunn. And Bart Gunn in a handicap tag match, me and Butterbean, yeah. I would just put Butterbean in there. So the three of all three of them could not beat Butterbean by himself. Now we'd probably have to forfeit because they would tag in Becky Lynch. That means we didn't tag in our female partner, which didn't exist. Oh, it's not a WWE match. Oh, no, okay. This is unsanctioned? This is
0: everywhere but WWE. Oh, wow. So we
1: can... Oh, somebody would sanction it. So I would sanction it. I guess it's true because it's a non-WWE wrestler. Becky Lynch, who is a WWE wrestler, the MMA guy, who is not a WWE affiliate at all... Me? <laughs> and butter and, and whatever Butterbean bean is. is. He, a he, reti- he, he He's a Butterbean. What was
0: that? Okay, we probably need to do like a segment on, on not necessarily on Butterbean. A Brawl for All? No. Okay. Wow, okay. Oh They're God. stacking up here. Yes. We have to do a full scale Brawl for all segment episode two hundred will be a full two hundred brawl for all. Come on! By then they'll forget, and we can move on oh, to something I else. Oh, I want to do that. That'll be fun. Okay, brawl well maybe. But also, whatever the federation or organization was, the butterbean fought for because well, he that was, was tough not man, right. Was, yeah, was but that a thing? What? Yeah, I mean, I know the word tough. I'm just man. saying words. It was boxing. It was uh, the punchies. It was boxing. The the punch punchers. It was the punch punchers. It was okay. Seriously, it was boxing. It was legitimate boxing in a ring with gloves and rules. But somewhere in there, the word tough man was associated. Was it its own little league? Maybe. That see,
1: that's another segment we got to do. There are listeners screaming right now. Ah,
0: what's this? It was like, not no You dumb mustache guy? I'm I'm a smart mustache guy. Okay, fair enough. Becky Lynch did not, however, have her MMA boyfriend and Bart Gunn as her tag team partners. <laughs> uh, nor will she have them as her tag team partners Sunday at Hell in a Cell.
1: No, this is a, this is a grudge match. It's, it's a singles it's, match, it's first a, of all. It's a singles, uh, what's become a grudge match between Becky and Charlotte. Uh, Especially with that really great turn of events from the last WWE show, where uh, Becky just thrashed Charlotte, who won the triple threat match. Uh, Charlotte becoming SmackDown Women's Champion, stealing the spotlight from Becky Lynch. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, you and I decided that there didn't need to be a title for this whole feud to happen, but I think it does add a lot of fuel to the fire. Uh, Poor Carmella is kind of rolled under the gears i um, kind of forgotten about at this point, but... Uh, oh, she'll be back. She'll be back. Well, we'll see. But, I mean, it, it's going to be a really good match between Becky and uh, Charlotte. I mean, because they're, very, they're two very competent wrestlers. So, uh, it, it, this this might be one of the better matches of the night. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. But, does Charlotte lose the belt to Becky? Well,
0: I don't think so. I'm also not sure that this will be one of the better matches of the night. Wow. I think two years ago, this would have been, hands down, the best match of the night. I don't know that Charlotte is... I think she's already not operating on the same level she was just a year ago, and certainly not the one she was on two years ago.
1: You think she's gold-bricking? I don't know. I, uh, Do you, did you think she's doing what I said AJ should be doing and not really caring as much? Well? I think she is, but I don't
0: know. Is it her age? Because remember, she didn't start at eighteen like some of these gals. She was she was on up. I was like, she's she's my age, I think, or or close to it. And forty seven years old. I'm not forty seven, and neither is Charlotte Flair. Thank you very much. You're not that much younger than me either, by the way. I'm 45 years old. <laughs> Charlotte, I don't know if it's her age. I don't know if it is... I mean, she's the champion again, but she's been very much misused since her last reign. Um, and maybe that has something to do with it, but I just know that there's not quite that electric charge that used to accompany
1: Charlotte Flair. She can still do the corkscrew backwards. She can, but will she? Yeah. I know she can. She will. It's Hell in a Cell. All
0: right. We'll see. But it's not in a Hell in a Cell. You, but you
1: may recall, like, what, a year ago when Charlotte fought Sasha in the Hell in the Cell. And there was speculation that she wanted to do that that uh, that backwards moonsault off the top of the Hell in a Cell. they were like,
0: no, Charlotte, no, don't do it. But that's my point exactly. Are they talking about her doing that now? No, they're not. One, because there's no cell involved. But two, there, you go. there just isn't that. There just isn't that electricity. There just isn't that vibe
1: around Charlotte anymore. It's I, already gone. I said it'd be a very good match. I didn't say it was going to be Steamboat versus Flair. Wrong! Flair! Now, I I think Becky... I think Becky will
0: be much like Peter Frampton. She will come alive the night <laughs> that she is told in Gorilla, you're going over. You're getting the belt. Uh... But it's not going to be on this night.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it, the the feud means a lot, but it's not going to be Becky's first time being champion. She was already champion when SmackDown Live started up. So this match means a lot, but not really because it's not the first time. So uh, sure, yeah. but I, I and
0: I I, th- I I think if the feud continues,
1: Becky will take the belt off of Charlotte, but she doesn't do it this soon. I'll agree with you. I don't know. It, it, it is a tough call, but I'll go ahead and agree with you. That way, if we're if we're wrong, I would go down together. Well, that's good. You can ride my coattails straight to hell. There we go. Next up, we
0: have speaking of mixed tag matches, not intergender I I was tag gonna say, matches. They're going
1: to say speaking of coattails. Well,
0: speaking of coattails, um, you could ride the very short, very stylish coattails of the miz perhaps okay because the miz and his lovely french canadian wife and uh baby mama known as maurice uh will be taking on another married couple for a shoot uh daniel bryan and brie bella another lovely married couple from the wwe who also has a uh ...reality television show. Yeah, we talked about this, sure. Yeah, so we're talking about former world champions. Uh, Was Brie ever the Divas champion or women's champion? I don't think so. Probably. Well, (laughs) probably, but I don't know for sure. We, of course, know Nikki Bella, her sister, twin sister, was the longest ever reigning... uh, Longest reigning ever... How do you say that? (laughs) Divas champion before the belt was reverted to being the women's championship. Uh, but I don't know so much about Brie. We know Maurice is a former Divas champion. A lot of uh, world champions in this match. And I like the idea of this match. I'm excited to see it. It's kind of fitting. Miz and Maurice fought Cena, John Cena and Nikki Bella at WrestleMania 33. Uh, you know that one. What was it? Uh, the Ultimate Thrill Ride? Mm-hmm. That's the one. And uh, so now here we go. They're fighting the other reality television couple. It goes to show you, uh, I think, the way they... I don't do this because I don't like to to pigeonhole people. I, I think you can watch reality television. You can watch wrestling. You can watch both. You can appreciate all of the above. But I think WWE loves to take any and every opportunity they can to to pigeonhole for there you go to pigeonhole their reality stars into matches together to quote unquote give your girlfriend something to watch their words not mine their words not mine <laughs> because i think there are plenty of absolutely ferociously loyal interested female wrestling fans who could we, give a damn
1: we know several
0: about the E Network, or about USA's new Ms. and Mrs., which is still the best title in television, Ms. and Mrs. <laughs> wow. But anyway, anyway, I- I'm a fan. I- I'm a fan of those WWE reality shows. I can't help myself. I'm just, you know, what what did Don Callis call us? A uh, uh, couple of marks. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Don Callis and Paul Lazenby call us a couple of marks. So be it. It's a very well thought
1: out statement. (laughs) Hey, I'll take it. I'm a mark. I love your product. Those guys have got us pegged, man. They listen to two and a half minutes of our show. They know our lives. Two and a half minutes. Is that the sequel to Two and a Half Men? Yes. So we get to see this mixed tag match. They're trying to keep mixed tag team wrestling alive. And it's... I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I don't like the formula of it because, again, once when, when you tag your partner and that gender of the opposite team has to come in and that kind of changes the dynamic of a tag team match and not in the best way possible. Especially when you watch, we watch all this indie wrestling and fest wrestling and women and dudes are mixing it up because it's all, you know, make-believe and you know, fine, you know.
0: <laughs> Wait, what do you mean make-believe? I... You you haven't shelved your famous
1: phrase for the rest of the show, have you? It's all <laughs> fake bullshit. There you go. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to be less severe. That 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 term it that, that again we've had to explain it several times where it, it, it makes it sound like we hate wrestling. It's it's not that at all.
0: Nobody does ninety-nine episodes yeah, really. of a wrestling podcast that does not love wrestling. I should probably dedicate my time to something that I do
1: enjoy if that's the case. <laughs> Maybe you could dedicate it to uh, some fake bullshit. A fake bullshit. No, there's a... Oh, man. I mean, just just watching wrestling and, and there are moves that happen that just don't make any sense. Like, uh, you know... I, I always hate when people bounce off the same rope for momentum. Like, you Irish whip someone into the rope and then you run against that same rope to come toward them. It just doesn't make any sense to me why you would do that in a wrestling match. It just looks so weird, too. That is something
0: that is relatively new. Like last ten to fifteen years. We didn't grow up watching that, did we? Mm. It happened every now and again. Rarely though. There was a very, very
1: standard Well what when it, when it comes to bouncing execution off, When it comes to bouncing off the rope, the crisscross is the dumbest fucking thing in all of wrestling. When it, <laughs> is, it is, but the that's criss-cross what we grew is the dumbest shit. Because At no point do you ever actually run into each other. Someone has to stop while the other person goes to the motions and then something happens after that, but it doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, exactly. I know that uh, it's one of my favorite post-peak of his career, um, like semi-retirement Raven-isms. Right. Is Raven talking about, if you believe the Irish whip, you can believe anything. Right. It, if you believe the Irish whip, you can believe Joey Ryan flips people with his penis.
1: I, no, that's absolutely correct.
0: If yes. you believe the Irish whip, you can believe that the Undertaker shoots lightning bolts out of his hands. That, because that is true. Yeah. the physics of an Irish whip are
1: not possible. They are unreal. If If I were a wrestler, I would not, probably not Irish whip people into the rope. I would do it in the turnbuckle. That makes sense. If if you if you throw someone in the turnbuckle, but especially yeah, if you're a big guy, that does make sense. Because obviously the the, the bullsh- but not just by pulling their arm. It the, the the bullshittery of of the Irish whip is that they would come back to you. <laughs> why would they? Yeah. <laughs> why would they just not stop where they are? Right. That's the funniest part to me. But no, that yeah, you would
0: have right. You would have to have superhuman strength <laughs> to throw them. Yeah, try try doing an Irish. Okay, trying to execute an actual Irish whip in real life, right, is essentially a judo throw. Well, all you have to do is watch a single judo match. I know they're not called fights. What is it called in judo? Yeah, I'll
1: say I match. Th- it's fine. Something
0: weird though, like that, like game, like like you play judo. Like, if you play a game of judo... It's, so, it's All you judo masters out there that are listening right now, you know exactly They're what I'm screaming. talking about. Stupid mustache guy! If, I, hey, if I'm, so I'm not a stupid mustache guy, I'm a That's, smart mustache guy. They all scream it. If I'm saying it right that you play judo, you play a game of judo, if I'm right when I say that, you're all probably writing me letters of, like, recommendation to, like, Space Force and, and uh, the <laughs> president of Mars... Uh, however, if I'm saying it wrong, you're probably all sending, you're like pooping in Ziploc bags.
1: No, no, they're, they're, they <laughs> to, to, to send if, me, to send me, to send if, me. If, if you're wrong, then they definitely want you to be on Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of you, I guess, I don't know.
0: Oh, hashtag Trump's America. Perry, you can do
1: better, find someone else! <laughs> You send that guy out on Space Force. We're all from Brooklyn. I'm gonna say, I'm your favorite listener from Brooklyn. <laughs> and we do appreciate all of our hashtag dear listeners from
0: Brooklyn. Anyway, you, there's a lot of you out there uh, in Brooklyn, right? Right. That listen to the show, <laughs> our, that our dear listeners, right? Right. Who want me on Space Force? Right. But I'm, I'm serious. Uh, Irish Whip at best it, it, hashtag If Wrestling Were Real is a judo throw, right? Which results in su- in, in <laughs> The recipient falling down. You just fall f- straight down. <laughs> or, in your struggle to get away from it, you kind of fall backward. But you never... I mean, it's literally like King Kong. It would take King Kong throwing Fey Ray. King Kong
1: Bundy? Not King Kong Bundy. Okay. The
0: actual giant ape. The, like, 12-story tall ape. Throwing a petite woman would be the only achievable Irish whip on record. Well,
1: blame the Irish, because they admitted the goddamn move. You know what I prefer? Instead of an Irish whip, I what? like an orange, orange, orange whip. whip. Oh! Orange, orange whip? whip. Orange, orange whip? Orange whip? <laughs> Three orange Three whips. Rips. Reference to Blues Brothers. Uh, so blame the Irish uh, for the Irish whip, but we do appreciate all of our hashtags your listeners from Ireland. <laughs> And we love you. <laughs> Keep sending those checks in. I, I, I don't know. Keep sending those Blarney stones.
0: <laughs> Actually, and we lost our Irish fan. Base. Do, you, do you know about the Do you know about the Blarney stone? I know that you kiss it and it's good luck. Right, but do you know the 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 big uh, the big jokes on all the people
1: kissing it? Oh, uh, there are Irish people yelling at their <laughs> the Irish. Friend, no. I'm ta- Yes, sir! Yes, sir! You're non must. You're <laughs> what the fuck accent is that? You non-mustache haver, you idiot! Dared you can do so much better.
0: The Irish piss on the Blarney Stone. Oh, yeah. So that all the tourists in the world come and they kiss the piss. It's horrible. It
1: is! Kiss the piss? That sounds like a punk band. <laughs> oh, it's uh,
0: it's my new punk band, actually. Oh, kiss the piss. Yeah.
1: Nice.
0: We're, uh, we're practicing...
1: Tonight, right after we go off the air Oh, that, that's great When's the podcast start? <laughs> so anyway, I do think in this match that uh, They're going to keep this going Because this is all part of the uh, This is all part of the Daniel Bryan uh, The Miz saga, right? So I do think the Miz and Maurice will go over On Brie and Daniel Bryan Whoa, really? We we didn't do a lot of analysis on this one We are talking about other things And I even know how we got off of the whole Irish whip rant <laughs> I guess when it comes to Mixed tag matches. I'm not really a fan of it because the format. Um, so yeah, I guess that's what that is. Well, I that's th- right because because that I was talking about. I was talking about how like I guess they, they think it's not real looking when a woman hits a dude or a dude is woman. What I don't like is when a woman hits a dude and there are zero repercussions. That I don't like. I don't think they should they should spread that message out there. It, it's all pretend. <laughs> It's all pretend. If they're going to fight. You should let them fight. Well, I agree. If and not, that's Stephanie, the way the rest... Stephanie McMahon just slaps you in the face and, and makes you feel like an asshole and she gets away with it. That's not cool.
0: Well, yeah, and that's extra insulting because she's the boss and she's been the boss yep. for almost 20 years. So it's just extra insulting because it's like, wait a minute, and she's the boss? Yeah. So you can't hit her because she's the boss and you can't hit her because she's a woman? But what in the hell gives her the right to hit you? Yeah, now I'm with you, but I'm not with you on the pick. I'm totally going with Daniel and Bree on this.
1: Darren, Darren, yeah, yeah
0: I, I I can do so much better. <laughs> I I think that I think Daniel and Bree uh, win this match. I think that uh, Ms. and Maurice are going to kiss the piss. We got to kiss the piss, huh? Wow. Well, that are, are, is our are you first guys playing, disagreement. Is Kiss the Piss playing uh, fast? I would say yes for the sake of the joke Except I don't I don't want to get in trouble I don't want Tony Weinbender calling me up
1: and going Who the hell is Kiss the Piss And no you can't play Well You are playing the Fest though Because the whole ref and show And so are you We'll be at Fest folks That's right doing our live show We'll have a panel of Fest wrestlers TBD TBD no, no.
0: We know, we T- know who they are.
1: TBA, rather. TBA. Right, they are determined. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: They're just not announced. To, to be announced. We know who they are. We know who they. We are. know exactly who they are.
1: Yeah. I I'm telling you. I folks, got a list right here and I'm pointing to. I hope you that, can't see it. Folks. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. You One, like this? Two, Look at that. Three. Thirty-one people.
0: Oh my god! It's a regular Baskin Robbins. It's, it's going to be thirty-one flavors. Thirty-one flavors of indie wrestler. It's not really thirty-one people, folks. No, that would be too many. There wouldn't be enough time. That that would really
1: not be enough time. Oh, God, no. It's an hour? That yeah.
0: An hour. We are doing an hour, though. As we get closer, we're going to tell you more and more about it. We're not going to let you forget. And uh, thank you for bearing with all of the hilarity of this episode. I tell you, I'm just... I'm tickled pink <laughs> I, I I really am tickled pink and uh we're just whole this whole studio stinks of Calibine folks we uh we are having a lot of fun here uh on kiss the piss I mean the whole reference show we should change the name of the podcast uh dear listeners we are having a blast uh, I hope that you're having a blast and it's just and, and that you're feeling just like you're sitting here with me and Perry yeah.
1: Because that's what we hope you're doing. Hey, what are hey, you on? Hey, a, but, but pull up a chair. <laughs> we'll pull up a memory or two. Pull up
0: a chair. There's actually a lot of extra chairs in here. There are way too many chairs in this room, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you about that. Well, you know, I thought that uh, this, this this small uh, little recording space might need chairs for five, six people. Who knows? Okay. Uh, yeah, but we, we hope that wherever you are, whether you're on uh, on a train in Brooklyn Whether you're uh, pissing on the Blarney Stone, (laughs) whether you're making plans to attend the Fest 17 in October in Gainesville, Florida, wherever you are in the world, maybe you're in Zimbabwe, maybe you're in Swaziland, um, or other places in Africa, Uh, we're really, really glad that wherever you are, you're putting us in your ear holes, because that means a lot, because that's where we always always dreamed ever since we were little boys, is to get in your ear holes. Right, it's meant to be sincere and complimentary. Now imagine this: hell in a cell. There's a hell in a cell match. Hey, Jeff Hardy takes on Randy Orton. <laughs> can I can I do my impression of you real quick? Sure. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy in a who
1: gives a shit match.
0: <laughs> That's what you say.
1: I thought that, I thought you were gonna call him Blandy Orton like I commonly do. Oh, that too, Blandy Orton.
0: Without beating a dead horse, <laughs> why is Jeff shit match? That's so mean. Do you know who will give a shit? Me, right? And do you know why? Why? Or not? Not why? How? How? If Jeff Hardy oh, Where? Uses- <laughs> when? Mm-hmm. Who? Jeff Hardy is who? How? Is if he does some crazy stuff off the cell,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't. I, don't
0: I do, I do. I don't anymore because be I do. You know why? Because Jeff Hardy was supposed to be out three months ago yeah. for an injury, and yet he's still there on SmackDown Live every week, and it doesn't make any sense. What happened
1: to the injury? I don't know. He just kind of. It, it, it's kind of like when you have to pee really, really bad, but you hold it in so long that it just kind of goes away on its own. Apparently, he's like. No, nah, man, I'll be alright. <laughs> kind of. No, nah, man, I don't have to pee. I don't have to pee anymore. Because that's what it was. He was going to take time off because he had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> but he held it in so long. I'm it just going to paint these fake eyeballs on top of my eyelid. Yeah, he needs to not do that. That's really not... It's weird. It's weird because he has his eyes closed but they're wide open. So it just looks like he's just sitting there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, but anyway, th- th- this will be a match. And Jeff Hardy's probably going to... Fall off of something very high And I'm going to cringe Because we've said it before Like we're getting to the age now Where it's just like uh, Cringe um, This is for no titles He's not the US champion anymore So it's just this... Of all the matches It would be a Hell in a Cell match Why is this match I don't I don't match? know
0: That's what I don't like about it What and a d- waste
1: of Hell in a Cell
0: Daniel and Bree Versus Miz and Maurice. That should be Hell in a Cell It should be intergender And it should be first blood Yeah Right? <laughs> sure or, maybe, or Charlotte and Becky, but
1: why this one? I don't know. I guess because Randy Orton's in it. I think Orton wins. Or- Orton Orton needs to win this. Uh, he, he's he been giving Jeff Hardy too much shit uh, to him not to just beat him in a match at this point. Uh, See, so yeah, I'll go with... Uh, w- without overanalyzing this match for no reason whatsoever, we're going to say Randy Orton's going to go over on this. I could not agree more. I hope at
0: least it takes advantage of... Of the cell. Right. I hope it's a good match for that reason, at least. Next up, the Raw Tag Team Championship is on the line. And hey, I guess they've been listening to the whole and show up there in Titan Towers. Because Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, they're the Raw Tag Team Champions. Yay. Just like I said, why are we putting this pair together in a very rusevating English way? Why are we putting this pair together if they're not going to be a tag team? Because unlike Rusev and English, who I don't want to be a full-time tag team, I've been begging, been begging for Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre to be a tag team. And not only are they a tag team, they're the champs. And they're taking on Ambrose and Rollins. So it's the match we should have seen weeks and weeks and weeks ago.
1: But we are seeing it now with the championships on the line. Yeah, I literally complained about SummerSlam and said that should have been for the Raw Tag Team Championships. And, uh, yeah, like I said, they listened. What can I say, hashtag new listeners, we appreciate all of our listeners out in Connecticut listen to this show and and book the show accordingly uh to what our wishes are and our demands I wonder who
0: are. up there in Stanford's listening to this show I wonder if it's mrs Foley's baby boys baby boy
1: could be could be Kane Dewey and we we appreciate all the Deweys who listen to our show <laughs> and if you don't if you don't appreciate Dewey
0: then hashtag Kane Dewey there you go there you go so
1: what do you think I think Ziggler and McIntyre retain. Well, they, they're they so new to them, they should probably hold on to them. For sure. That I mean, that, for that reason alone. Right. Because, I mean, B-team didn't even have the belts for that
0: long. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. The B-team.
1: Okay. Gross. Fair there's, there's been so many, it, I feel like there's been a lot of hot potatoing with the fucking belts on both shows. Yeah. That I think it's like, keep the
0: belt where it is. Well. Keep the belt where it is. Nothing reeks more of television writers than that. Right. It's not wrestling booking anymore, it's television writing. Right. Plain and simple. N- Nuff said, as it were. Nuff said. So, so you think Ziggs and uh, McIntyre hang on? Yeah, but
1: I don't call them Ziggs. But okay, yes.
0: well I do. Okay. Sometime I call them Ziggs. Okay. I uh, Hey,
1: Dolphy Ziggs over here! From Brooklyn!
0: <laughs> he's from Brooklyn. Dolphy Ziggs is? No, he's not. Next up, the WWE Championship. AJ Styles, the champion, takes on Samoa Joe. That'll be on the pre-show. Um, <laughs> so. oh. You know, the day that happens, I think your head might actually explode.
1: No, I, I totally see it coming a mile away at this point. Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, huh? Is there, is there a cell involved? Is no oh yeah well, why would you want this match to be in a hell in a cell match in hell in the cell
0: yeah that
1: this is bad no but no oh, but randy orton and jeff hardy they need a hell in the cell match
0: no this match truly needs the cell this match needs a lot um and not because the match needs a lot these guys put on a hell of a match these guys put on a hell of a show this is a hell of a program. It needs the attention. It needs the focus. It needs some element that shows WWE gives a damn. That's all I'm saying. Put some sort of uh, like participation trophy at the very least.
1: No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I just don't know. I don't know what the plan is for AJ Styles because now they're talking about, like, oh, he surpassed 300 days as a champion. Like, I, I wonder if they're... If they're aiming for something or trying to knock someone out, I mean, they're not going to not gonna touch Bruno. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way right now. <laughs> uh, but um, so yeah, I don't know—I don't know if it's—if it's they're doing it so it means more if you lose at this point, or if they're trying to aim to knock someone off the top five list or something like that. I don't know. Like people are saying, like they're trying to make him beat CM Punk's record. Ah, I've—I've um, I've heard that. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it depends. And they know what they're doing, and, and we don't know what they know that they're doing. Um, but if you wanted to put the belt on Samoa Joe, I'm fine with that. I mean, I think Samoa Joe would be a credible champion. Um, and I don't see a lot of belts changing hands on this night, so maybe this is the one case Ooh. where it does. One case where it does change hands. I'm going to go with Samoa Joe. You know what? You talked me into it. And I hate when I do that because when I'm wrong... We go down together. I don't know. I, I I can't.
0: You made a very convincing case there. And, I've, and I also wanted enough, which is, of course, no good reason. You should never bet with your heart. Um, but uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. Uh, Samoa Joe walking out of Hell in a Cell with, as the WWE champion. I, I will say if that happens, that will be the highlight of the night. If the match itself is worth a damn and Joe wins, it'll be the best part of this night. Save for something truly extraordinary in one of the Cell matches. Right. Um, Yeah. So not only is Joe my pick, it's my hope. So crossing my fingers right now. Fingers crossed. The Raw Women's Championship is also being decided right here in the penultimate match of the evening. Or at least the penultimate match we're talking about That's the champion, the Raw Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey, UFC Hall of Famer, taking on Five Feet of Fury, Little Miss, Alexa Bliss. I like this matchup. I like the two of them. It seems like a mismatch. It is a mismatch. In a real fight, I'm pretty sure Alexa might be missing her face (laughs) <laughs> uh at the at the end of it. Why don't you say such a thing? She's so pretty. Uh, well that because that's how devastating it would be, is that pretty face uh would go to hell. Um and I hate that for her. But uh good thing that wrestling is not real and that they are they're going to be forced to cooperate uh as as dance <laughs> partners do. Right, right, right. But I think Rhonda's the real deal. I have felt this way the whole time. There's no way, there's no way I'd have put the championship belt on her this early in her career. But I still like her. I'm still supportive. I'm Ronda all the way. I think you could have had plenty of good programs with you know with matches as she built up her skill set um, and and steer perfectly clear of the belt. Have belt, you know, have the women's champion in a in a good program of her own, and have Ronda over here doing her thing. If you really believe in her that much, then you should believe in her enough to be in a program that's not about the championship.
1: Right. No, she should have knocked down every single woman wrestler on her way. She should have blazed a trail all the way to the women's championship um, and said they were just like, fourth match, that's, that's, that's four. That's a lot. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope this is a match because their first match at SummerSlam was not a match at all. I mean, it made Alexa Bliss look god awful. Um, I hope it's an actual wrestling match and not just a really odd exhibition. But there's no way Ronda's going to drop the belt to Alexa Bliss. Come on!
0: No, absolutely not. Ronda's my pick uh, for this for this match. If I were making a hundred picks, uh, one hundred out of one hundred, I have no wow. doubt. Not, not even one for safety. No. Not even one for safety. I mean, hell, have I ever been perfect? Uh, you know, it's not, it's not going to start today. So, uh, so negative. none for safety. Not <laughs> okay. for safety. Okay. No safety net.
1: No safety net.
0: But well, we believe in ourselves here. We we say our prayers. We take our vitamins. We believe in ourselves here on the Hall and Show, and that means we've got one last match to pick. It is a Hell in a Cell match. The guest referee is Mick Foley, and it is for the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns, the WWE Universal Champion, <laughs> whether you like it or not, takes on Braun Strowman, and why? Because this is Braun Strowman's Money in the Bank cash-in match. So this is pretty new. The the, the Money in the Bank has always been used as that, like, Seizing the opportunity, you know when the, when the chips are down for the champion, right? This is a weird like
1: called match. Don't like it. You don't like it. Don't like it for that reason. Well, yeah. Well, because Roman Reigns can just say I'm number one contender and can be it. Well, why can't Braun Strowman go I'm number one contender and just be the contender? Like I, I would have loved this match was just made, and maybe like maybe Strowman loses. And like when Roman's celebrating, he cashes it in immediately, and it basically like the match continues on or something like that. Then he beats Roman. That would have been kind of cool, but as it is, it's just a match. And what do you do? do, do okay, you-
0: I will say that would be cooler, right? But I don't hate this because it is different. Because this is sort of the first time we've seen. All right, I got this. I can punch my ticket whenever I want, and I, wa- I want it fair and square. I
1: want a man up. This means more if there is a clear-cut, like like old-school again, WCW. Here are the top ten wrestlers of WCW, whatever. If, if if there were an obvious an order of contenders for the belt, and he was somewhere like five or six away, and he got shot from the line because of this... That would make more sense to me, but because basically anyone can get out there on Raw, get in the ring, and call someone out, including the champion, apparently, then that doesn't mean anything. It just means they're not it wrong about like that. a match. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that, and that and that does cheapen it. That that that's that's why I don't like it. I mean, this match is bound to happen one way or another. So I get it. And the, the really the the the
0: really the worst part is. That he's gonna lose. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's no way in hell Strowman is gonna you know, win this match.
1: That could be swerve. Could uh, be swerve.
0: You, you're calling
1: for a Braun Strowman victory. Here. I think at this point Vince likes Braun more than Roman. I mean, honestly. what? Honestly, at this point, no. I don't know. No way. I don't, I don't know. I. There. I said there could be a swerve. I didn't say there would be a swerve. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bet safe and say Roman retains.
0: Okay, well, I'm definitely picking Roman to retain, and I also think that Vince McMahon's going with Roman one hundred times out of hundred. I don't think for one second Vince gives a damn about the monster among men. I really oh, don't. Wow. Okay. I tell you who who has an interesting take on uh, on Strowman and Roman. Who? Whoever did the poster for this show. <laughs> Have you seen the poster? <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. It's kooky crazy. You've gotten into, into late night shows. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> it's a Tenacious
0: D album cover. I, I would agree with that, yes. It, uh, it, For dear listeners, those of you who haven't seen it, Braun Strowman looks like a goat demon with a snake tongue. Right. And Roman Reigns looks like Lucifer. Mm-hmm. He, he looks like a classic depiction of like a red-skinned pitchfork having bifurcated tongue pointy-tailed devil and it's just the two of them on the cover looking like a couple of demons um, amidst fire and brimstone
1: right it looks like a it looks like a joke <laughs> It's good artwork. And we're too far away from Halloween for it to be a Halloween thing. It's just a hell thing. It's just a hell thing. (laughs) It's just a... (laughs) That should be the tagline for Hell in a Cell. (laughs) Hell in a Cell. It's just a hell thing. It's just a hell thing. Okay.
0: Well, we're both picking Roman Reigns, and so that means we only picked one match different on this card, and it is the Battle of... For reality TV, <laughs> the uh, Daniel and Bree, Miz and Maurice match we picked differently. Uh, every other match we pick the same.
1: On well, episode 100, I will be accepting your apology, dear. Oh,
0: dear. On the contrary, oh. I'll accept yours. Or will I? <laughs> it's just a hell thing. <laughs> it's just a hell thing.
1: It's just a hell thing.
0: Well, we will find out for sure which one of us is right, which one of us is wrong, and, and hopefully we're not both terribly wrong with all of these picks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, let's go, Joe. Let's go, Joe. But well, we'll find out this Sunday at Hell in a Cell 2018. Uh, it's, it's a hell thing, but <laughs> it's not a Hogtown thing. Save that for Fest Wrestling. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Fest Wrestling's second anniversary bash. Fest Wrestling is two years old, dear listeners. Our dear listeners are Fest Family, and Fest Family are among our dear listeners. And all of you know that if it comes to who is our favorite indie wrestling organization, we're easily going to say Fest Wrestling.
1: That's right, Fest Wrestling. That's right, Fest Wrestling has entered the terrible twos, but they are delightful. Uh, If this card is an indication of what's going to happen in the next year of Fest Wrestling, it's going to be a good year in Fest Wrestling.
0: It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a bunch of tires uh, because this is as good of a Fest Wrestling show, as good of an independent wrestling show, as I've ever seen. Oh, wow. And as we said last week when we reviewed All In and we discussed um, the approaching Fest second anniversary bash, we talked about how indie wrestling really is just hot and it doesn't matter whether it's on a grand scale like All In or if it's regional like Fest Wrestling, get out of the house, find you a small venue that's putting on top-notch wrestling. Uh, if If you're in Georgia, Florida or if you can buy a plane ticket, you can get to an airport Get to Hogtown. Get to North Central Florida, home of the University of Florida, Gainesville, Florida, and check out Fest Wrestling. Your next opportunity is going to be in October, but this show was the 8th of September, 2018. Beautiful Saturday night. The Gators were playing. They actually lost at home to the Kentucky Wildcats, but Fest, no one lost at Fest. Well, I guess... I, I guess I actually, one, half the people, half the sitcom. people okay, yeah, yeah. But those of us that were in attendance, we won. Okay, we won. Uh, we won for the whole night. It was a, a great night. Um, uh, I Got a chance to talk to a lot of the friends of the show, of course Max, Greg, Rich, Bokini, the voices of Fest Wrestling, and dear friends of the show, good people, salt of the earth kind of gentlemen. Got to spend a good deal of time talking with Tony Weinbender, who was asking me about my health. Um, uh, Ringing out Sir Charles Volkert in the house. Um, And, you know, all those uh, individuals that we love to talk to. uh, The dastardly Leon Scott, one of our favorite bunch of dudes, the ugly ducklings. Uh, Got a chance to uh, officially meet uh, Simon Grimm, shake his hand and and, uh, share a bit of conversation with him. We got to meet Shotzi Blackheart, ...on this night, which was uh, pretty fun. Uh, she is uh, a real sweet gal. Uh Sir Pentico, just never quite the same. Once he went under that mask, he's just...
1: He's hard to find. <laughs> yeah, he's slithering around. Maybe he's hiding under a rock. I don't know what the deal is. He's hiding under a rock, tucked away in a corner... ...playing as Nintendo Switch, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> and our good friend Effie. We're going to talk about him more when we get to the main event. But, of course, it was cool... To see him. Also nice to catch up with Frank Gastineau. thank Frankie G. Yeah, Frankie G. He's, got, he's he's doing a little moving and shaking in his own world, so sort of relocating. So we're wishing him the best in all of his personal endeavors. Uh, meanwhile we sit back and we marvel at his in ring endeavors, as he is uh, he, he he's the he's the man with the plan when it comes to indie referee jobs. But Ref Tony, also really nice to catch up with Ref Tony. We've been friends with him for a little while online, but it's always nice to break uh, break through the online-only relationship and uh, pop that in-person cherry. <laughs> so, Ref Tony, this one goes out to you, bud. Yeah, there you go. So this card, it actually remained pretty intact. You never know what's going to happen in the weird, wild, wacky, unpredictable world of pro wrestling, especially on the indie scene when they're wrestling all over the country, all week long, all year long. Card subject to change. Everyone knows that. It happens, but this card uh, is, is changed very little. And we're going to jump right into it as we uh, presume the opening match was Trip Cassidy, uh, the Killer Clown of the Carnies, taking on the Revolutionary Darius Lockhart? And uh, man, that wicked Carney music starts and step right up and organ grinding and do 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 do. And it sounds like you're on drugs at the fair. And uh, <laughs> that's no that's no way to be. Uh, but Trip Cassidy, with his cotton candy hair and his smudged makeup. Um, his, his the whole wicked clown act is enough to <laughs> put me six feet under. Uh, Darius Lockhart over like Rover. The crowd is all behind this revolutionary. We got fists in the air. Everybody wants to be a revolutionary, just like Darius Lockhart uh, is encouraging uh, us all to be. This is a good match. Um, w- of course, we get a disgusting spot from Trip. Well, instead of taking you know, the mouthpiece out of his mouth, instead he takes chewed gum. But luckily for the revolutionary, Darius Lockhart is able to swat it away. And so he does not have to put Tripp's chewing gum in his own mouth. That's good for him. That is good for him. Yeah. And it's good for me. I might have gotten sick uh, at the sight of that. <laughs> Although I'd, I'd take the gum over the uh, the gum guard, the, the mouth guard, or whatever you want to call it. Right, right, right. That was pretty awful. I Kevin Koo is probably still brushing his teeth with bleach <laughs> from two months ago. Darius Lockhart wins this match. Um, there's a lot of balloon action, and this will not be the end of it. Uh, all the ring posts were adorned with bunches of balloons. For the uh for the anniversary bash For the birthday party if you will Um the night sort of Teeter tottered between an anniversary Party and a birthday party But hell it's the same thing Right it's just simply another Year around the sun and uh, We're happy to be celebrating two Alongside fest But it was very funny uh trip Popping balloons and Uh it's a nice uh It's a nice loud spot It's like slapping your thigh uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, when you kick uh, so, so that was pretty cool But Darius Lockhart goes over And is the victor in the opening match
1: Of the second anniversary bash I'm looking forward to eventually seeing Well both these guys in action Maybe more so Trip because I want to see him Do weird carny things You're
0: going to see him do weird carny things And it's not just weird carny things I mean this guy is This guy is a lot of gimmick And but it is not overshadow his athleticism. Okay, the guy is a solid wrestler. Uh, he he pulls out maneuvers when you least expect it. Sure, he's going to stick his hand out. He's going to try and fool you by having his fingers crossed behind his back. He is a clown. Uh, there's a lot of gaga, but it, it it fits. It works for him. And when you least expect it, you know he, he's flipping you upside down. Right. You know he's going he's going to the ropes. Uh, you know, so a hell of a performer, Trip Cassidy, uh, which, you know, and that that's what I'm saying about the man who lost the match. So it goes without saying that Darius Lockhart, um, in phenomenal shape and also, uh, the ability to move around the ring is, is unparalleled. Um, this guy is an athlete. He is a performer and, and he is a talent. And when these two square up, it looks like a fight, okay. Right. So, when I use words like gimmick and gaga, that is not to diminish the fact that these two gentlemen look like they are fighting one another. And if you're a fan of pro wrestling, there is nothing more entertaining than that. That is the payoff, always. Ten times out of ten, the fight is the payoff. Right. I don't care what brings you there. I don't care what color your hair is. All that's great. I love window dressing. But if you can't fight...
1: Who gives a shit? We've talked about this very recently on the show. I mean, you can have all the build-up in the world. It can be the greatest feud there ever was, but at the end of the day, it's the match. It comes down to the match. You want to talk about coming down to the match?
0: I do. Well, clearly. I mean, you said it, so I assumed you did. I want to talk about it. When it comes down to the match, the next match, for all of its Infinite Gaga, is a hell of a fight. Shotzi Blackheart makes her Fest Wrestling debut tagging with Jamie Senegal to take on C.J. O'Doyle and Drennan. C.J. O'Doyle taking the place of Zicky Dice. Uh, when we introduced this match last week on the Whole Reference Show, we uh, advertised this as being Drennan tagging with Zicky Dice. But before the match, we get to see a video clip of Zicky Dice saying that he would not be in attendance on this evening, but he would in fact, be at the October show at Fest 17 at the We Are Family Super Show on Sunday, the 28th of October, 2018. But, Zicky Dice, not in Gainesville on this night. C.J. O'Doyle, though, who everyone hates. Right? He's the Aria Blake assassin. You know who's calling him that? He is? He is. There you go. C.J. O'Doyle, happy to step in Zicky Dice's place alongside Drennan, and I tell you what, every time ring announcer Charles Volker announces Drennan as, he's the absolute worst, (laughs) Drennan, I couldn't agree more, but still, with the All the Pretty Horses
1: music, can't go wrong. Dredd kind of changed his look a little bit. I noticed from the pictures that I saw. He's a bit more—I don't want to say grungy. I mean, yeah, grungy. No, that's a good—that's a good word. It, it, he looked classic Raven almost. Right, because I mean, before he looked pretty clean cut and pretty like—I don't want to say basic, but yeah, you know, like just undies and elbow pads. You know what I mean? Sure. Like a couple—a uh, couple shows ago. But I mean, he used to tag with uh, our our good buddy uh, Teddy Sigma back in the day, so maybe it's kind of a throwback to that look. I, I don't know. It
0: might be. I—I I don't know either, but. But Drennan and C.J. O'Doyle, I mean, really pushing the chauvinist angle here. uh, Like, really pushing it really, really hard. As if uh, anyone needs reminding that O'Doyle is is a a male chauvinist pig, is a a woman hater, is the self-proclaimed Arya Blake Assassin. This man likes to hit women. He likes to hurt women. He's very proud of it. And uh, taking on Shotzi Blackheart and Jamie Senegal, CJ
1: is uh, not easing up on the nastiness. Uh, well, that's kind of confusing. I mean, we talked about this many, many fest shows ago where, you know, if it's going to be intergender wrestling, which I'm totally fine with, like, then the angle, the heel can't always be about, because men are better than women! That can't happen. Also, C.J. O'Doyle needs to make it clear if he if he hates women or if he really just hates Arya Blake. I think, I think it means more if he just has a bone to pay with Arya Blake for no reason.
0: You know, actually, I think at this point it is that. Okay. I really do think it is that he just hates Arya Blake. Okay. Or that or he's proud of what happened, whether or not he originally hated her. He's now like, ha, ha, ha. Right. You know, I, I think that that's part of it. Um, you want to say confusing. The most confusing part is how Shotzi keeps <laughs> saying she's going to drag her balls across everyone's face. Um, you know, I know that she is She's ballsy. You know, she's very quick to tell you how ballsy she is. She's Shotzi. But that she's actually going to drag her balls across your face. I mean, that's cool if that's, you know, <laughs> if that's how you're equipped, Shotzi. But uh, that's a that's a serious threat. So uh, right. you know you, you make good on it. You know she did make good on was this killer Hurricane Rana off the top rope. She's hell. She's falling twenty feet. It seems like onto the shoulders of C.J. O'Doyle, and you think that's enough, right? That's a splash, or that's a to to land on his shoulders. you can simply. Have fallen back. I mean, that, that, that's like getting hit by a truck, no matter how big or small you are. No, she immediately flings herself backward upon contact with CJ O'Doyle. Hurricane Rana O'Doyle hits the hardwood floor there at eight seconds in Gainesville, Florida, uh, in front of the Fest family, and Shotzi is on fire from the beginning.
1: Yeah, I saw uh, you took some good pictures of uh, Shotzi flying off that top rope. And uh, I think I even saw a video online as well. Um, and it sounds like she had a pretty good first show. She had an amazing first show. And uh, this girl is for real.
0: She, uh, When we're talking about wrestling physiques, Shotzi is long and lean. She is, she's got a hell of a reach. Uh, she's got a hell of a stride. She can climb high and fly even higher. Uh simultaneously with that she's a brawler um and she's a screamer she's a howler uh and she is not afraid to throw hands uh with her just wild green hair and her horned helmet she is a she's a fury she is a a, a hellion a spitfire a pistol there you go she is all of these things and she she really kicks a lot of ass on this night so does Jamie. Jamie is kicking a lot of ass in this match. Uh, there's several points at which uh, uh, both Jamie and Shotzi are able to get a hot tag and really make a big difference. Um, but anytime either of them are in the ring, uh, they, they kind of have the upper hand. And, of course, it appears that O'Doyle and Drennan are going to have the upper hand, and they do. We get a very distressed... Uh, Jamie Senegal at some points. And uh, a, a sort of hopeless and hapless, stuck-behind-the-tag-rope Shotzi Blackheart. Um, but when it really comes time to uh, to get that hot tag, to show out, to, to get your heat back, uh, Jamie makes the, the perfect tag at just the right moment. And C.J. O'Doyle... Gets his comeuppance, that's for damn sure. (laughs) Uh, Drennan's really good at being made to look like a fool. And O'Doyle plays the part uh, of the overconfident uh, jock who sort of gets his just desserts. And Jamie and Shotzi are doling him out on this night and they win the match. Oh, wow. So, yeah, really excellent showing for Jamie and uh, killer debut for Shotzi. So, uh, big shout out to both of them. Uh, really, really excited about the possibility of having both of them on the show in the near future. Next up, Simon Grimm in his return to Fest Wrestling. Last time we saw Simon Grimm at Fest Wrestling, he was taking on Brody King, and that actually was a... Uh, a uh, match of the year candidate for the Festies. Ah. and um, Is that time of the year already for the Festies? It is. The, the Festies were actually announced at this show.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, so the second annual Festies, along with the second anniversary bash. But on this night, it would not be Brody King. It would be Serpentico uh, standing across the square in circle from Simon Grimm. And Simon Grimm also patting myself on the back for a good picture of Simon Grimm. Making his way to the (laughs) ring, and uh, that's a spooky looking entrance. His mask, the glowing red eye, the hooded sweatshirt, uh, the the stomp to the ring. There's a lot of confidence. There's a lot of uh, self assuredness. I won't won't say arrogance. Just self assuredness uh, in that march, and it's intimidating. It's very intimidating. Serpentico, though, much more of a slithering movement to the ring. But, as seems to be the new tradition, steel chair in hand, uh, Serpentico will come out and do his damnedest to insert that steel chair into the match, and Simon Grimm was having none of it. Every time that steel chair was slid into the ring by Serpentico, Grimm was able to kick it out, slide it out, throw it out, As Serpentico tried to climb into the ring. And so for the longest time. The steel chair was of no issue whatsoever. And Grimm kept it away from Serpentico. Uh, But it it wouldn't stop there. As far as uh, Grimm controlling the match. Because if Serpentico wanted to fight dirty. Or he wanted to fight outside the confines of the ring. Well he got it. But uh, he was not the one in control. Simon Grimm. Maintains control of almost the entire match Handling Serpentico easily on the outside of the ring Throwing him so hard to that hard wood dance floor That surrounds the ring there <laughs> uh, Remember folks, we are in a we are, we are a punk rock equality party wrestling company In a western line dancing bar In North Florida It's just, it's, it's wonderful it's Tennessee Williams. It's, it's what dreams are made of. This is such a... a, a dreams a, are made of hard wood? Yeah. Okay. This is such a beautiful amalgamation uh, of ideas that I just... I love it, man. I love standing at ringside at a fest wrestling show. And if you're standing at ringside at a fest wrestling show, Simon Grimm might be standing right next to you with his foot on Serpentico's throat. <laughs> singing Happy Birthday to Fest. Oh, wow. It was really fun. In between every big kick, Simon Grimm would sing one line of the birthday song as all the Fest family gathered in to sing along with Simon Grimm.
1: Well, I mean, Serpentico is hated by all. Looks like Simon Grimm is starting to become beloved by all and at I mean, Fest Wrestling.
0: Absolutely, he is. And, uh,. I know that we're going to see Simon Grimm next month at uh, We Are Family, and I'm excited that he's becoming a part of the Fest family. Uh, Yeah. You know, I I don't know that he – I assume he probably lives in Florida. He was in NXT and WWE for such a long time, and I know that he wrestles also for MLW as a part of Team Filthy at the side of uh, Tom Lawler. So probably being a Florida resident, uh, Gainesville's just not too far away, and I hope Simon Grimm – is here to stay for uh, Fest Wrestling because that just means a guaranteed top-notch technical match at every show. And not just technical. Because as much as Simon Grimm can throw on a hammerlock and do some serious, and I do mean super, super serious Matt Wrestling, and we saw some of it on this night, he's also uh, very comfortable out there on the floor throwing somebody into a railing uh, or backdropping somebody uh, onto a dance floor. So, Simon Grimm is really the total package uh, in Fest Wrestling For as far as what Fest Family is looking for. And he delivers. Uh, Simon Grimm delivers the victory on this night. He kind of makes quick work of Sir Pinnico. Not, I mean, I, I don't know if I should say quick work. It's not like it, you blink and you'll miss it. He makes uh, easy work of Sir Pentaco. Oh, wow. And we know what a talent Serpentico is. So this is a testament to Grim coming ready to
1: fight. Well, we said early on that, I mean, uh, Grim would have to use that size advantage on Serpentico. And he does. It sounds like he just kind of outmuscled muscled Serpentico, and Serpentico doesn't have that chair to rely on. He's sometimes uh, not as effective, uh, unfortunately, for him. And I don't like to say bad things about Serpentico, but he turned his back on us. What can I say? He t- turns back on all of us, Darren. All of us. It hurt my heart. It hurt my heart. But uh, he'll be back. His kind always comes back, Darren.
0: Next up, we have the tag team match, you could say. Hashtag fight forever. The Ugly Ducklings versus the Gym Nasty Boys. Again in a fast wrestling ring. Again in a pro wrestling ring. These two teams... Are destined to fight forever. This is the definition of fight forever. <laughs> as soon as the, as soon as both of these teams were in the ring, Fest Family is chanting "fight forever." I mean, it's 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 ready made uh, and it, it's it's ride or die. These teams belong here. I guess one could make the argument. Why do we need to see this match again? Are we seeing this match again? One might say with a, uh, a touch of disdain in their voice. If, that, if, you're, if you're saying it that way, or if you're questioning it, you're wrong. This might have been the best match I've ever seen between the Ugly Ducklings and the Gymnasty Boys. How many times is this? they wrestled not only in fest, but all over the country. And yet, these guys dialed it up to a notch I don't know that even either of them knew was on their dial. (laughs) But they did. They turned it up, and they fought one another pillar to post, stem to stern, head to toe, bottom to top. These two teams tore it up. Not to mention one of the most bizarre happenings I've ever been a part of. And uh, this is going to my <laughs> speak to my reference earlier to Raven talking about if you can believe the Irish Whip, you can believe anything. Well, if you believe in the Irish Whip, then you can believe that when Coach Mikey decides he's going to do a plancha over the top rope to not only the Gymnasty Boys, but his own charges waiting at ringside, <laughs> that despite the fact the Fest family and all of those in attendance at eight seconds remained at normal speed. The five men involved in the match slowed down to ostensibly slow motion. And the Chariots of Fire theme <laughs> began to play. Was that that? Oh, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. As Mikey ran in slow motion And bounced off the opposite ropes While the, the Gymnasty Boys and the Ugly Ducklings Fought one another at ringside in slow motion <laughs> Before Mikey Doesn't quite plancha But more plompches <laughs> Onto the outside of the ring And all five of them hit the ground in slow motion and then they go back to regular speed. Oh, wow. And the music stops playing. And the crowd erupted.
1: <laughs>
0: I was smiling so hard it made my face
1: ache. Wow. Uh, what a spot, boys. What a spot, boys. It's reminiscent to me of when was um, a St. Augustine show professed when the Gymnasty Boys interfered in a match. It was, uh, I think it was Ducks versus Tech. And uh, eventually, eventually the Ducks are able to, uh, they each grab a Gymnasty Boy, and they throw them, they Irish whip them up the steps of the arena. Yes! And they, they keep running up all the steps until they get to the top, a uh in 64 No Mercy. Uh, again, <laughs> I think I'm on a streak of mentioning that game. I think it's the third episode in a row.
0: At least the third episode in a the third episode in a row,
1: but, uh, okay. at, at a row. A row. but yeah. Uh, so no, that that's always nice. and I, I, love, I love spots like that. I mean, I know people would hate a spot like that, but that's that's such good entertainment and and I know those guys pulled that off very well. Uh, obviously, you you are here raving about it and giving a glowing review about it. So I'm sure it was awesome, but I mean, in wrestling. These guys are just off the charts with their wrestling abilities. Oh yeah, I mean, the caliber of tag team wrestling is it's it's. There aren't many tag teams I can think of that are as good as these two. No, yeah. I, I you know I, I do not let an I do not let
0: any mention of the Gymnasty Boys go by, where I do not pause to marvel at their athleticism, because Timmy Lou Retton and White Mike not small guys. Not who you would expect to to see the uh, vast array of gymnastics from, and you do. Not quite as big as the Gymnasty Boys, and therefore even more unbelievably, shockingly aerial, are Rob Kiljoy and Lance Lude, who truly are trapeze artists. I mean, these guys (laughs) take high-flying wrestling... To somewhere else. I mean, they are part duck. They can fly a little bit. Um, And uh, it's wild. This match, hands down, is the best I've seen these two teams at it. Against each other or anyone else. These are two of my very favorite tag teams. And uh, hard for me to, to, to pick a winner when this is happening. I will say, though, that as the crowd teeters and totters between uh, too deep and quack quack <laughs> um, I will say I'm about 70 30 quack quack there you go. so I, I don't I don't want I don't want to sell the gymnasty boys short but I can't help but stick with my homeboys oh. my home ducks
1: and friends of the
0: show yeah the ugly ducklings exactly yes. quack 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 all day long. So, the Ugly Ducklings, they take that to the bank. They take everybody's quacks and everyone's support and they collect the victory here, which guarantees them a shot at the Fest Wrestling Tag Team Championships in one month at
1: Fest We Are Family. You know know the Ducks, they want uh, hashtag all the grilled cheeses. They do want all the grilled cheeses and now they have
0: the best shot they have yet had at those grilled cheeses. One month away. Quack, quack, quack. Okay. Ducks fly together. <laughs> In the penultimate match of the evening, we see those grilled cheeses, those fest wrestling tag titles. Those coveted grilled cheeses. They're on the line. Whether you call them grilled cheeses, whether you call them championships <laughs> or whether they're around the waists of Leon Scott and Vandal, they are the precious tag team gold here in Fest Wrestling. Um, The latest titles added to the Fest Championships, these belts haven't been around too terribly long, and Awaken are but the second holders of these championships. And they are challenged on this night at the second anniversary bash by the team of Beastly and Sug D. I will say I felt a little bit of a burn Not when I peed, but a little bit of a burn (laughs) when Toto's Africa did not play.
1: Ah, yes, yes. But
0: Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf played instead, and all was well in the world. Uh, If you're not going to play Toto's Africa, you had better play Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf. (laughs) Right. And they did, and Shug D, uh, in all of his party boy glory and beastly... In his hot dog Hawaiian shirt and uh, in his <laughs> cool guy sunglasses, uh, the, the the party animals uh, of of Suge D and Beastly were a lot of fun. They certainly are a stark contrast, a true dichotomy uh, to the the awful nastiness and nasty awfulness that is awakened. Uh, a, a a recently shorn uh Leon Scott sans beard um mocked the crowd right back who were asking him where's your beard <laughs> um not where's Jim Sherbear no, no no but where's your beard and uh Wolf Taylor at ringside and you know Wolf has always been a nasty character I mean Wolf literally slapped me one time I mean I'm like hey fade fade motherfucker <laughs> Wolf slapped me. Wolf has pushed me, like, hard. I think Wolf just does not like you at all. I, I think Wolf is a bad person. <laughs> but, but Wolf Taylor at ringside, uh, if he's still hurt, then I am your mother's uncle. Because uh, we got no boot. We've got no cast. We don't even have so much as an ace bandage. This dude's out there in a pair of lace-up vans uh, and, and some jorts. Uh, covered in you know post-apocalyptic patches and flags and whatnot that I guess Leon sewed on for him, but uh, you know you got Wolf out there. I guess he's the head cheerleader. I mean he's no Francine, uh, <laughs> but what's really crazy is uh, before this match is over, there's gonna be a little bit of uh, a little a little bit of, a little bit of trouble there uh, in Awakened Town, somewhere in the wasteland. Uh, strange things are afoot, but let's talk about the match for a second. Beastly taking his lumps, Beastly absolutely. Now you can't see them, you can't see the lumps through all of the body hair uh, and the black smut <laughs> and the black soot. Uh, but somewhere underneath there, I'm sure there's an all kind of different black and blue uh, because awaken, pound on Beastly, uh, they they beat him uh mercilessly. I, I felt really bad for Beastly uh in this match and Sug D at Ringside uh not at Ringside well yeah he's outside the ring waiting for a tag that's just not coming. And every time it almost gets there, the third wheel Wolf Taylor yanks Sug D down to that floor. And he either yanks him down so that he smacks his head on the floor or Wolf just starts pounding on him. Trading blows at ringside with Suge D. And Beastly doesn't have a prayer. Regardless, Leon Scott, the power man that he is always. Lifting people. Throwing people. You know, he is not fleet of foot. He, he's not going to win any any quickness contest. But he doesn't have to. Right. Right? That's what Vandal's for. Vandal's going to fly around. Vandal's going to run the ropes. Vandal's going to uh, go between your legs. Leon... He's just waiting to catch you as you dare to try and body splash him. Nope, I'm gonna catch you and then power slam you.
1: Leon's actually got that size that I think a lot of the guys at FEST are kind of lacking. I mean, he's a he can he's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, like like you just said, he doesn't need the speed because he just has that power. I mean, he's you, you see that watching him. Fucking MLW I mean he's just Even there He's just one of the biggest guys They got So He's got it He's going to wield it Yeah And (laughs) uh,
0: speaking of MLW Super stoked to watch MLW's War Games match
1: Oh yeah Of which
0: Leon Scott Is a part Dear listeners You need to check that out If you haven't already But Before that match Could happen Before Leon Scott Could lend his talents uh, As one of the Death Machines here he is as the leader of Awaken, uh, the Masters of the Wasteland. Uh, they retain the tag team titles. They eventually find uh, find a way to finish Beastly off, finish Shugdi off, and then they grab the gold because they're going to celebrate. But there, like I said, there's a little bit of uh, resentment maybe. Uh, Wolf Taylor, I think, is showing... His dissatisfaction with being a third wheel. Uh, in the history of Awaken, there's never really been a third wheel. Uh, well, first of all, there were originally four guys. Uh, and Wolf seemed to have always been the uh, assumed tag partner for Leon. But ever since Wolf's injury, it's been Vandal. And of course, it was Vandal who fought alongside Leon to win the belts. But now that Wolf is feeling a little spry, a little froggy, if you will, he uh, making it clear to Leon and very, very clear to Vandal that I should be holding that belt, not you.
1: You got hurt, Wolf. You got hurt. I mean, honestly, though, I mean, if, if Tony Weinbender has any objection to Awaken being the, the tag champions, I know that. I'm not sure if they represent uh, all, all that Fest is. Fest kind of has a positive message. At the end of the day, and uh, Awaken as anything but positive. Uh, they're going to have. Tony's going to have to stop throwing random people together into a tag team. They're going to need a, a, a legit tag team that knows tag team wrestling. Well,
0: October, you're going to have that. At,
1: at least in October, you know we're going to have that because of the Ugly Ducklings. Right. I was going to say, and that tag team is going to be the Ugly Ducklings. Ah, there you go. Um, so there's that. But I mean, is. Dastardly as those awakened jerks are, I mean, you can't deny their ability and and their uh, their willingness to to win the match. So, I mean, hats off to awakened for holding on to the belts once again. And even though there seemed to be a little
0: bit of uh, bad feelings, mm-hmm. uh, they all leave together. We did get a high five out of Wolf and Vandal, and I think that maybe they're going to try and, and work through this. That even if there's some resentment, some anger, some jealousy. Uh, that, that maybe they'll be all right. Maybe they'll they'll remain the the strong, the really strong three man team that they are. Well, once that tag team match is over, that leaves only our main event to go. And this, dear listeners, is a main event for the ages. We knew it was going to be this before the bell rang, and then once the bell rang, it went cuckoo for cocoa puffs. <laughs> Fest Wrestling World Champion, the Golden Boy of Grabass, the feminist icon from Tallahassee, Florida. Of course, we're talking about Effie, would take on the challenger, the whipping boy, Jason Cade, who is the enemy of all Fest family. The man who quit Fest. The man who said fuck Fest. The man who ran away never to return, so we believed. Ran up north to the Carolinas, got involved with PWX, got involved in a big faction called The Syndicate, made friends with Tommy Thomas, with Grit, and we thought we would never see Jason Cade in North Florida again, but we were wrong when Jason Cade showed up at the last show only to steal Effie's Fest Wrestling Championship belt. Not via a match, by the way. Literally of course just not.
1: stole it from Effie, yes.
0: He, he sneaked into the arena, he stole the belt, and he ran away. Next thing we know, before we could even get out of the building, uh, we were seeing pictures of the Fest Championship in a drink cooler at a 7-Eleven somewhere down I-75 <laughs> as Jason Cade was hauling ass. And then after much deliberation uh, on the part of Tony Weinbender, who had originally decided simply to beef up security, at eight seconds to ensure that Cade, nor anyone else with a bad attitude, got anywhere near a Fest wrestling ring, uh, he, Tony actually would have a change of heart. The Fest family demanded that Jason Cade uh, be allowed in so we could see his ass get beat. Effie demanded that Jason Cade be allowed back so that he could beat his ass. And despite the fact that Jason would continue to steal Effie's belt every time Effie would regain it. Effie does come to the ring to make sure he can be the Fest Wrestling Champion at the end of this night and defend it going into We Are Family uh, in October. This match, once Tony Weimander reinstated Jason Cade and told the security to ease off, had been declared a Hogtown street fight. And as a Hogtown street fight, that meant that there were absolutely no rules and falls would count anywhere. The men came prepared for the street fight. In street clothes, of course, what Effie considers street clothes, are
1: pink overall shorts. <laughs> yeah, it's all uh, pictures of pink overalls. Yeah.
0: But uh, Jason Cade uh, in a t-shirt and, and long pants, uh, looking to protect his body from uh, abrasion. And uh, the opportunity for abrasion was instantly. The match immediately spilled, not just outside of the ring, but outside of the building. And I saw one of the nastiest maneuvers I saw on this or any other night of my professional wrestling viewing life. And that is when Effie powerbombed Jason Cade into the brick wall outside Of 8 seconds The wall of 8 seconds And then Jason Cade Falls from being thrown into the wall In a powerbomb fashion To the ground These two fought outside of the building For several minutes Uh, A door came into play Traffic had to be stopped There were people on two People, and by people I mean fans Spilled out in two different streets Which had not been (laughs) blocked off uh, beforehand in any way. Um, and so, of course, there were lots of Wayne's World, uh, game on. Uh, nice. Uh, jokes being made. Nice. But, eventually, the action goes back into the building, and we saw all sorts of things come into play here. We saw, uh, a really gnarly looking, uh, like, snow shovel. Effie got whacked with it a couple of times by Jason Cade, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care how much you're paying me. I don't want to get whacked with a snow shovel and a stop sign. I thought that I saw like an air pump rifle, like like a pellet gun or a BB gun at some point, but luckily it never got put into use.
1: <laughs> but people might take that the wrong way if they're driving by and see that happening. That's true. That's true.
0: There was a mounted deer head that came into play at one point. Jason Cade went into the very. Furthest deep recesses of eight seconds saloon, uh, and and returned with a, a mounted deer head, and uh, which of course had the crowd chanting, clap clap oh dear clap clap oh dear, and uh, oh those best folk, Tade ramming those antlers in Effie's uh, face and, and and throat, and I just thought ow, ow double ow, triple ow. The, the weapons were, were, were ridiculous. The, the action was horrific. These two beat the hell out of one another. At some point, they get in the ring. We've got tables. We've got thumbtacks. And you think, you know, a lot of times when you think of thumbtacks in pro wrestling, you think there's going to be one big thumbtack spot, a lot of oohs and ahs, and that's it. When the thumbtacks get spilled out somewhere in the middle of the match... And the entire ring gets covered in thumbtacks. That means both men, on the giving and receiving ends of many moves, are going to be taking a huge impact into piles of thumbtacks. Uh, okay. Both Effie and Jason Kane look like fucking pincushions.
1: <laughs> um, I, I know Effie. Uh, Effie wasn't too happy about the inclusion of thumbtacks in a match he had like not too long ago, and you'd think he still had some. Thumbtacks in his boots. Oh, he most
0: definitely. Yeah, did.
1: from that match, and if he doesn't now, he especially does now. Now, now that uh, thumbtacks have been brought back into his match. And as far as uh, you know, seeing someone's thick
0: rubber soles of their wrestling boots full of thumbtacks—that's uh, not that uncommon. That that uh, that's a material uh, with a density that is made for holding thumbtacks. Right. You know what isn't? The human body, and yet Jason Cade's body seemed to hold an inordinate amount of thumbtacks. They didn't just pop right back out as he moved and stretched. For the duration of this match, you could tell that his back was full of thumbtacks. Wow. The dude must be running off of hate alone, and that is high-octane fuel for Jason Cade. That is one bad damn attitude. I, I don't know. I, I know Jason Cade has, probably has no desire to speak to me. Uh, I've been calling him a whipping boy for the better part of a year.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I, I don't know that I want to speak to Jason Cade. Uh, I think he might have some very unkind things to say to me. Nevertheless, I won't take away from the fact that he is a fighter. Whatever bizarre thing he's made up in his mind for why he's doing what he's doing, it's working for him because he's bound and determined to stick it to Tony Weinbender, Fest Wrestling, Effie, and the Fest family. Uh, that's all Jason Cade wants to do. And like I said, it is high-octane fuel. And this match uh, continues to be brutal, and then all of a sudden Saib Al-Sabah makes his presence felt. Oh, wow, Saiv! Saib comes out of nowhere... And throws Jason Cade off the top rope before this match can end. Saeed begins to beat up on Jason Cade. And before you know it, Serpentico hits the ring. Serpentico also going after Jason Cade. And now I begin to wonder, who is with whom? Are there any alliances here? It becomes very clear. There is no honor among thieves. No one is siding with Jason Cade. This is not some vast conspiracy between Serpenico and Cade. It's every man for himself. And at that point, the locker room emptied. We had friends and foes. We had heels and babies. We had everything you could imagine. Uh, full wrestling gear. Total about to get in the car and ride gear. Referees about to get <laughs> the car right here. Uh, <laughs> Whitney's
1: closing gear. we got to get going.
0: Referees, security, um, and real deal security, like with buck knives and, and uh, stun guns. cattle
1: prods, stun guns, okay.
0: They are all filling the ring. And then Tony Weinbender gets in the ring and says the only way that this can finish is next month.
1: Uh, But
0: it was Effie's call. Tony left it up to Effie. Did he want the match to continue right there? You want a triple threat match? You want a four-way? Does he want the ring cleared to finish his business with Jason Cade? No. Effie wanted none of that. He wanted a clean start, a fresh start, four fresh men all ready to fight fatal four-way Oh, October 28th, Sunday, At the Fest 17, at the We Are Family Super Show in Gainesville, Florida. Four-way Fest Wrestling Championship match. Effie, Jason Cade, Saeed Al-Sabah, and Serpentico. Every man for himself, Fest Wrestling title on the line. They made the match right then and there for a month from now. And uh, at that point, it was just figuring out how the hell everybody was going to get home. (laughs) <laughs> uh, ultimately this is considered a no contest uh, There was nothing Resembling a finish uh, There was no way there was going to be Sounds like there was no finish Just a beginning A brand new beginning and You said it And uh, maybe that beginning will have its end At uh, We Are Family I know that's a match that I can't wait to see That's going to be Incredible It may end up being the best fest wrestling match There's ever been Oh, wow. The, the, those four guys, uh, you know, I know we talk a lot of shit about Jason Cade, but we've never taken away from
1: his talent. Oh, no. Only no. his behavior. No, no, no. We're, we're quick to point out when wrestlers have bad attitudes, man, uh, and some threaten us and say mean things to us, but... Uh, Wolf Taylor. Yeah, but uh, no, no. Jason Cade from day one, from, you know, ever since I saw him, I've always thought he had ability... Ever since uh, the first pickle in the tree, where we saw him in the pickle match, and he, he got thrown off a bus by um, by Teddy Stigma, a uh, friend of the show, uh, no, and and, and I, I'm again, I'm glad, I'm not glad because it's it's not under the best circumstances, and it's not boding well for Effie at this point because there's a lot of interference from Jason K. But I'm glad that Jason K. is able to step out from the pop culture. Um, shadow, that, you know, it was kind of it was kind the Veda Scott show, and I, I thought Jason K. kind of deserved better than that. All due respect to, to Veda Scott. But, I know, Taiyab sabah crazy talented. We talked about him, you know, ever since he showed up. Serpentico, uh, you know, we've had him on the show. We know he, he loves the business, and he's all heart. Uh, his heart might have turned black at some point, but definitely has ability. Effie, we love him. He can wrestle any kind of style match, and will take on anyone. It looks like now he has to take on everyone. So how will it end? I, I, I can't wait to watch it. And Finally, I'll be there as I'm back here in the South, folks. So I'm going to be at that next fest show. Uh, I'll be front row or second row. Front row is taken up by a bunch of people who got there before me. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait. I mean, this show sounds like it was pretty awesome. It was. From top to bottom, it was killer. I can't wait to watch it on uh, Pivot Share or hopefully YouTube, (laughs) Uh, we shall see, but uh, yeah, pictures I've seen from the show, pictures that you took uh, from the show, um, and uh, just random videos and and GIFs, I mean, it makes, it all looks so good, and it's another typical, non-typical, awesome fest show, and uh, they're doing it again, folks, doing it again in October, and we're gonna be there. We are going to
0: be there. We're actually going to be there the day before as well. We'll
1: The day before as well for the Fest. Yes, we will. Don't
0: forget the whole and Show live on Saturday, the 27th of October, 2018 in Gainesville, Florida. As the part of day two of the Fest 17, we will be performing live at the
1: Hippodrome. And uh, we can't wait to do it. Always a pleasure. Always fun to do fests and be uh, part of the Fest experience. And uh, that's it for Darren's review of Fest Wrestling's second annual bash. Woo
0: hoo! Happy birthday!
1: Happy birthday, Fest Wrestling! Happy yeah. birthday! <laughs> it's a new one, okay? Um, so that was it. Did you enjoy Darren's recap of Fest Wrestling? Were you at Fest Wrestling? Are you going to watch Hell in the Cell? Are you happy for Ric Flair and Fifi? Let us know. And there are a lot of ways you can let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at RefnShowPodcast, Show Podcast R E F N S H O W P O D C A S T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you want to. The whole Show at gmail.com, T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. or
0: or you can find us on Instagram. We are the whole Show. W. Like our pictures. We'll like your pictures. Give us some comments. Ask us some questions. We're always putting cool stuff out there for you to look at for something you can remember. Maybe something you can relate to, get nostalgic about. Uh, and ask us some questions. If you have any questions, feel free to shout us out anytime.
1: Slide up in our DMs, is slide, what I'm saying. Slide all up in the DMs. That's right uh awesome we hope to hear from you guys very very soon if not that's cool baby we'll hear from you next week or rather you'll hear from us for our 100th installment of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle the whole ref and show but until then i'm gonna be perry smith and i'm gonna be the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we're going to see you next week, folks. Thank you for dropping by. Please do so again next week. So long. bye on.